This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that was my fault. There we go. Oh, she does it again. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Lur. I'm and, Britton. And I'm Grandpa Bob. <laughs> Grandpa Bob's here. And, <laughs> and uh, We're giving Bobby crap already. That's why we're laughing. Yeah. Oh and there's Richie. God. Because Britain, Britain was telling us he might be an uncle. Yeah, it's my sister's due date today. And, and we were like, oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah. like, but you're a grandpa. And yeah. he's like, hey, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, don't even go don't there, guys. Don't even go there. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm on baby watch. My uh, first child to be... <laughs> my parents are not grandparents yet. So yeah. my youngest my youngest sister is uh, due today. So we're on baby watch. Baby I have watch. money on because I'm a gambling man or a betting man. <laughs> I have money on the twenty third. So on the you know what what day is what your is, birthday? This what are you like the you're November the fifth of November? Yeah, and then you're like the seventeenth, twenty first of January. So every fifth day of the month, any month, you can party. It's your shenanigan day. Mm-hmm. Bobby can do it on the twenty first of any month, mm-hmm. and I'm the twenty third. So mm-hmm. I'm rooting for the my my first nephew to be born on my shenanigan day, so we can party <laughs> on the twenty third. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, super exciting stuff <laughs> happening. Let's get the whiskey out. Shenanigan yeah. days. Well, that calls for a drink. Tomorrow's yeah, my does. shenanigan day, so I'm going to start <laughs> a little early. We got the, well, the Wood got, Family Spirits whoa, rocking. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, yours is empty. I'm on E. We oh, got man. the we'll Wood Family Spirits right here, the Columbia Ooh. Bourbon. Ooh. He's made Woodspirits.com, at Wood Family Spirits on all the social media. Go check it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's so smooth. You can drink it straight. You can. It's really you can, good. It's but you really know what? Good it's on after coffee. 9 a.m. Special coffee. Oh, yeah. It's perfect on yep. a single rock of ice. We asked Bobby if he wanted a refill. He said he was pretty lubed up. So Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. I'm doing good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good. It is 100 proof. I keep warning you guys. I know. <laughs> yeah. Hot. No, I can I can feel that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you poured that a little stiff. It well, look. Yeah. <laughs> Three glucks and you're good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, hold it. Let's stop. I need to go get some more coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so today on the podcast, we have... Edgar Castillo. You can find him on Instagram at hunt underscore birds with a Z. Yep. He uh, does a whole bunch of upland bird hunting. We're super excited to talk to him. He does um, a tremendous job on social media, posting all sorts of stuff. And uh, Richie caught up with him at the Portland show. Actually, I, I called him. Oh, he called him? At- I uh, did a phone interview because, you know, he's clear back in Kansas. Oh, we, we, we got, see, this is a nationwide podcast yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. So he's worked with uh, WorkSharp before and yes. uh, does all sorts of really cool storytelling across the uh, Upland Birds landscape. Yep. Publishes in all kinds of magazines. Yeah, he's I saw a that. Great writer. So we're excited to have him on, talk a little upland bird hunting, um, kind of how shotgun to s- care. Yeah, store your, you know, take care of your shotguns yep. and that's what, that's all what sorts we're of stuff. Today. You know, hunting season is over. Unfortunately, well, it I'm is a, over for now, the year. Well, for us. Well, hold it. Now, well, hold Shelby it. is still. Shelby, yeah, we might, exactly. we might be giving Shelby. Well, Shelby's, Shelby's still, in the midst of, you He's know, got Skycarp going. Skycarp's yeah, I mean, flying around yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Yep. 
I was coming up through the gorge and saw so many snow geese coming up through there. You know, it's unbelievable the amount of snow geese that are now starting to use this flyway. Isn't and, it, though? Uh, That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, you know, it. it they don't call them sky carp for I no know. reason. You can get and, 10 apiece. There's yeah, a reason for that. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. You know, I mean, you get down into the... Uh, the Texas area, Oklahoma, you know, those areas down south. And, you know, they've got they've got literally no limits, you know, trying to thin them down a little bit. And now we're starting to get a number of birds in this uh, Pacific Flyway. I know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, Peterson's I, been hunting them for a couple huh? years. Who huh? does? Peterson's been oh, yeah. hammering them for a few yeah. years. No, they, they, been, it's been getting more and more and more on, on an annual well, basis. Well, I was going to say, when I was going to school over on the west side for a couple of years and lived in the at Mount Vernon, you know, they're in the Skagit Valley, they were thick, and that's where yeah. Aaron hunts them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was used to the, the fields just being white there, but, you know, here we got Shelby out here in the yeah. basin. Yeah, yeah. Shooting them now, which I think that's increased. That, my oh, opinion. that that has yeah. We didn't used to have that, right? I mean, we just didn't used to have it. It, it has grown in popularity yeah. as well. The reason the popularity is because the birds are there. Well, so and it's after the seasons are generally over. Here we are in oh, February, yeah, yeah. and he's still hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. just getting started. Hey, it's another season we can hunt. I know. <laughs> and they had a good they had we a good waterfowl Shelby, season out at Shelby. Out you need to take us. We need yeah. to go. Yeah, we just got to give him a call. So, right. but and if you're most... interested, go to Ross Outdoor Adventures, <laughs> yeah. and he can get you set up. He's got uh, potholes should be clearing up here, yeah. and uh, so you can go out and do a multi-day deal, or go shoot some snow geese, and then go uh, chase some some walleye or walleye whatever fishing. you can catch at the time. Sure, he'll do anything. Yeah, uh, but unfortunately for most of us, it's time to put the shotguns away. Yep. Yeah, I actually was playing with my shotgun last night and realized I hadn't used it once. I've actually well, never used it. Yeah, I was gonna say. That Wait a minute, shot, he that has shotgun a... he got from Jeffrey oh, is, oh. is is brand new. He hasn't even it's brand used new. It's it. never even been never shot. Used it. It's never been shot. It's been loaded. Well, then you don't need to clean it. Although I will say, it is important yeah, it to is. go ahead and and clean them once in a while. Well, that was what I was getting ready to do. Yeah, I was playing with it last night, and just so happened that it I should, didn't even know we were gonna do a it should be shotgun a, podcast today. I'm it just should got this be a. Sixth uh, sense. Fairly easy process for you. Maybe a little light oil and get the dust off. Make sure you got no rust. Although we live on the dry side, so that shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. But you do live in a basement. Yes, yeah. you do. I yeah. got the the cave. Uh, yeah, there's a little dust down there. A yeah. lot of kitty hair. Ooh, icky. Well, li- living in a basement, you know, uh, living in in that that dark hole down there, you know, you do get moisture. You you have more moisture than you think you do. And it's, it's not helping my that, lungs out. Huh? It's no. not helping my lungs out. No, no. no. But it, it's something, you know, we don't care about your lungs. We care about your shotgun. Okay? <laughs> and you the know, AR. The, shot, the shotgun itself <sighs> is something that having, taking care of your, your guns is, is, a, is a huge deal. You've got, you've got uh, people that, that spend hours and hours and hours cleaning guns properly, putting stuff together so that it's it's ready to go for the next upcoming year, trying not to get pits in your barrel, oh, yeah. trying not to, you know, you leave powder in there, you get residues. Yeah, it's uh, corrosive. Yeah, absolutely, and everything corrosive. is very, very corrosive. So cleaning those things is, is a huge deal. Yeah, and, I need and, to figure out how to clean my... I have a, 
OG AR Colt AR15, mm-hmm. like an OG, like mm-hmm. pre-ban AR15. Yeah. And they're, I need to figure out how to clean that thing too. Yeah, well, you know, you can buy these little snakes by caliber yeah. that you can put sure. down there and pull them through the barrel, but then learning how to pull your gun apart, whether it's shotgun or rifle, like Bobby said, is really important. I had this bad thing happen to me because we, when I tell you we lived over there going to school in the Skagit Valley, and I lived in this crappy little house. <laughs> oh, stop whining. You can have some more later. He's out of his wood family spirits. Uh, it's addicting stuff. I know. You got to be careful with it. But anyway, I took some guns over there because I wanted a waterfowl hunt in that country because it is good waterfowl hunting. Sure. And I'm, you know, I'm an east side guy. I didn't worry about my shotguns during off season. Once I clean them, put them away, light oil, they're fine. Over there, yeah. I pulled them out like after four months, and I had some rust on my barrel. I was so pissed. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's why we don't go over there much. God, I was mad. That, that humidity is just terrible. Is, sure. And we lived in a crappy little house that had. Anyway, if you live in that kind of environment, high humidity, you check your guns. Oh, yes. you 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 have to keep them oiled you know, up. It doesn't matter whether you live over there or over here. When you're talking about what uh, you know, some of the stuff that that Edward's talking about, you need to clean your shotgun because powder's corrosive. Yeah. When when you shoot something, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, running different types of shells through your gun, whether you're yeah. waterfowl, upland birds, what powder's corrosive, and and leaving that in your barrel is not good. Mm-mm. So you need to go back and, and clean those things. And I'll tell you what, it's not just us. No. I I got a Russian shotgun one time out of an old trapper's cabin up in the middle of nowhere. A, a, a friend of mine got it for me. And when we when we were working, you know, that yeah. stuff up in Russia. Yeah. And this that guy... stuff th- up in Russia. Yeah. yeah. That sounds a little... Yeah. Oh, we... Sounds a little suspect, okay. doesn't it? Yeah. We, we yeah. had a fishing camp up in Russia, yeah. okay? Okay. We yeah, had a fishing yeah. camp up in Russia. fish. Yeah. And this this guy this guy got me a, a, a shotgun out of an old trapper's cabin. And the outside of it was just pitted as hell. I mean, there, it was rusted. You know, it, it had hash marks on the stock. <laughs> honest to God. I, st- I got it. I'll bring it in and show it to you guys. Yeah, like to it's got it hash marks on the stock. I opened the thing up and looked at it inside. It was absolutely immaculate. Yeah. It was clean. Because you know what? He cleaned he, it. He cleaned it continually. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing that when you have that that rust or pitting or anything that goes on in there, right. you know, it, it throws everything off. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so you have to be able to take care of those oh, things yeah. properly including your gun, even if you shot it once or even if you haven't shot it for yeah. the year. You'd be surprised. Uh, yeah, the the amount of humidity, oh, uh, just, you know, and everything. Dust and dirt and mixed in with all sure, that. Sure, sure. You, you'd be surprised when you open up, like you take the trigger mechanism out of your shotgun and you look at it or you open up your double barrel and look kind of down inside. It'll have so much unburnt powder sure residue here yep. and there it's surprising how much there really is you got to get it out of there you got to get it out because yep. if it sits around and it gets any humidity on it especially and yep. then it, then it's extremely corrosive and so the thing is, is that you know this these this day and age and edgar and i talk about this a little bit is uh there's such great lubricants out there compared to like when i was a kid i didn't oh, want to yeah. put gun oil a lot of synthetics 
didn't yeah. want to put gun oil on on mechanisms because that attracts all that unburnt powder and dust where we hunt. But now they, there's all kinds of these synthetics that you can put on there that don't. Yeah. And actually, it's better than having them dry. So Absolutely. Edgar talks about that a little bit, and maybe I should change my ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You just never know. Yeah. Old dogs I, like I, me I, can I, learn. I, I changed. I changed years ago when I when <laughs> when we first got into the uh, the gun industry, working with working with a bunch of people and started using a lot of the synthetics that were out there and i've got some some different oils and stuff that work absolutely phenomenal yeah yeah yeah, absolutely phenomenal for for keeping things clean and and eliminating that humidity the corrosiveness of powders you know you know cleaning that stuff out it's a huge deal well i think it um the other part of that is just prevents wear because the more that crap's in there the more parts are going to wear absolutely We want them to last a long time. I've got a uh, Benelli that is a Woodstock Benelli, like uh, the second or third year that they manufactured Benellis. Oh, wow. And I can't tell you how many 10,000, 20,000 plus rounds that I've run through (laughs) that gun. And that gun is absolutely immaculate and shoots fantastic. Yeah, Those those guns are built well. Oh, Oh, you know, and, 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 but the thing is, is you've got to take care of them. Yeah. It's a matter of taking care of the gun mm-hmm. and making sure that it's going to do what you want it to do when you need it to do it. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk Let's, to Edgar. Edgar yeah. is going to tell us exactly how to do yeah. that. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to jump into a conversation with Edgar and uh, we'll be right back after that. Today I have Edgar Castillo with me on the phone. Edgar is a friend of mine who I've worked with for a while, but the funny thing is we actually have never met in person. <laughs> he, uh, you're located clear back in, in Kansas, aren't you? Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, first I want to say thank you for having me on this, and I, I do appreciate it. And uh, you are correct. We, uh, we have been uh, friends, and we've been talking for a couple of years, but uh, we have yet to meet, and uh, we have scheduled – uh, a meeting, and hopefully we can get that uh, turned out uh, this fall. Yeah, the meeting he's talking about is we tried to get together for an upland bird hunt. He's actually never hunted chuckers before, and and even California quail. And so you know, here in the Northwest, we have some great chucker hunting, and we have some great quail hunting, and we had it all planned. But I don't know. Sometimes things get in the way, don't they? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 they do. And uh, yeah, this this year has been. Uh, kind of uh, up and down for a lot of things for uh, with me, just with scheduling and family. So uh, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll yeah. be able to figure out some things uh, this, this upcoming season. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. And, and we're just going to have a great time and, and be watching for an episode of the Northwest Outdoorsman that kind of captures our story of getting together. So I'm looking forward to that. So Edgar, I thought it'd be good for you to just to tell folks about yourself. Edgar does a lot of things. He's got a great history of service to our country, and now in his retirement, he's enjoying being a upland bird hunter and writing about it. So 
just give us a little thumbnail about you, Edgar. I think folks will really enjoy your story. Well, yeah, I was born. Uh, uh, I was born in Central America in the in the country of Guatemala. Came here to the U.S. as a young man, or a young boy. Started upland hunting with my dad, who himself was a, a brand new uh, bird hunter, but was introduced to the outdoors by our neighbor. Fast forward to uh, college, joined the Marine Corps, served, came back and then um, uh, became a law enforcement officer, stayed in the Marine Corps, and uh, retired two years ago after nearly 27, 28 years, and been kind of getting into the outdoor riding part of it, just to share my stories of my passion for for chasing birds. Yeah, well, congratulations on finally being retired. It's a good feeling, isn't it? Oh, thank you. Yes, it is. Uh, I, I love my job. I was good at what I was doing, uh, but it was time for me to go, and uh, I'm just enjoying retirement and just uh, life and being able to, to do the things that I, I really love to do and didn't have time for. Yeah, I hear you. That's the way it was for me, too, working in the world of wildland fire. Now I get to do some pretty fun things. Before you retired, I believe it was anyway, you started an Instagram account called Hunt Birds with a Z on the end. And the one thing that I've always told you is I, I uh, really appreciate your eye for photos. Did you you do most of those photos just with your cell phone, don't you? Uh, yes, sir. Yes, I uh, uh, I do pretty much all of my photography with my with my iPhone. Uh, every once in a while, there's a couple of photos that will pop up that someone else actually uh, is snapping away when we're out hunting, and I use those. But yeah, for the most part, uh, it, it is done with my with my phone. After your Instagram account kind of took off, then you kind of dabbled into the game of writing stories. What kind of interested you in starting that? Well, I think uh, at least for me, you know, when I was when I was a young boy, I'd tag along with my dad. We'd go to a local gun shop. I've told the story a couple of times, but as my dad was looking around for a shotgun to buy, I would always find myself off in the corner uh, where there was always a bunch of uh, outdoor magazines, Field and Stream, Outdoor Life. Some people may remember the Pointing Dog Journal as well as mm-hmm. the, the Grouse the Almanac, which became right. the Upland Almanac. And uh, I just remember flicking through those and always thought that, you know, maybe it'd be kind of neat to one day write and I just never thought it was it would ever come to be and then uh, I just happened to write a, a review two outlets kind of reached out to me one is no longer around but they were kind of an online e-blog about the outdoors and I wrote a, a one short story and then from there I got hooked up with Project Upland and AJ and then that I think that really just kind of catapulted at least for me all the opportunities that opened up afterwards and and I just kind of been writing and sharing my stories and my experiences you know with various magazines and and, and different different outlets. I really enjoy reading your articles when I get to see them, and I think everyone else uh, listening would enjoy them too, and I think the best way is to follow him both on Instagram and Facebook. Like I said, Hunt Birds, well, that's with a Z on the end. He often posts the articles that are published and where they're published, and so then you can go find those and, and read those. The other thing I was going to ask you about is your involvement with uh, Pheasants Forever, because you seem real active in that organization. Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've, I've been a member, I think, for, 
15, 20 years, probably even longer, just as long as my dad has been bird hunting. Been involved with that as a member, uh, but it wasn't up until about maybe 10 years ago I just made a decision instead of just paying my yearly dues and getting my magazine, which is great, and, and I, know, I know my money was going to uh, conservation and habitat efforts. I just felt like I needed to get involved hands-on, so I hooked up with the local chapter here in Kansas City and quickly got on the board and just been kind of knee-deep in that, doing various various projects and, and conservation programs, you know, all kinds of things, hunter education, youth and, and women's shoots. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Uh, just I've held various positions and uh, just really – you know, trying to get as many kids and, and, and people into the outdoors, uh, not per se just bird hunting, but just, um, you know, try to teach them that the outdoors has a lot to offer. You've done some great stuff. And, I, again, another thing I really appreciate is uh, your community service and, and passing on tradition. So that's wonderful, Edgar. Keep it up. So Thank you. maybe the last thing I thought we would talk about is uh, now that, Upland bird season and waterfowl season is pretty much over. I think here in the Northwest we still have maybe a few guys out potentially shooting snow geese or maybe specks. I'm not sure what all is open left, but for the most part, all of us are putting our shotguns away. And I know that you've written a few articles on tips and tricks with gear and what to put in your vest, but how about uh, your tips for storing shotguns and your upland gear and then uh, what you're doing to prepare? So. Let's start with uh, what kinds of things are you, little tips you could give folks about storing their their shotguns and their other upland gear. Well, that's a great topic and actually uh, really something that at least I don't even think about or talk about amongst my, you know, the guys that I hunt with. But uh, excellent topic. You know, I'm just, I'm a very tidy and clean person. I'm just uh so I'm very organized. So as soon as open season ends for me, what I do, I just I immediately clean my shotguns. It's something that my dad kind of passed down on to me. So I break them, break them down uh, all the way and do a deep cleaning, make sure everything's oiled. Of course, you know, I'll probably end up taking them out and shoot them, you know, if I go to sporting clays or, sure. or, or whatnot. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I, I just do a, a deep clean, make sure I – get oil on all the important parts and then I just, you know, store them. I usually, I usually put, put them in a, uh, like a gun sock and then put them away. And then I just, I kind of go, I have a, a checklist that I go through, uh, reorganize my ammo, see what, see what I need or will need for the next season. And, and I just kind of systematically go, go down the list and, and, you know, check my boots, if there's any tears and stuff like that, replace laces if I need to take it to the to the boot repair or shoe repair guy and have him stitch anything up. I look at my vest. Uh, I clean out my bird vest of all the feathers and all the twigs <laughs> and stuff that is, uh, right. you know, uh, piled in there. If I, you know, busting through the brush and through the fields. But, yeah, I just go through all my gear and just organize it, clean everything wash all my stuff and then I just pack everything away do just what I do and how I have it set up there I've got them in bin so uh, uh even during the season when I when I get a phone call at the last minute 
I can pretty much uh, be ready with, you know, within about 30 or 45 minutes just because the way my gear is set up, I can just grab right. a, a tub or a bin, and it's got pretty much everything that I need. You know, I may have to throw a couple of things in there, but, yeah, I just I use a lot of, a lot of plastic totes and, and, you know, like I said, waterproof bags to store all my gear and, and just make things easier because I know where everything's at. Yeah, that sounds really similar to what I do as well, and I just quarterly newsletter, the Northwest Lens, I just published a little article in that for the winter one that showed how I kind of organize my upland gear in particular, and I do the same thing, except I use, you know, like a large gym bag. One of them is just for, you know, for example, my my chucker hunting upland bag, have my 12-gauge stuff in it, and I might have one for, for quail or uh, doves, that's my 20-gauge bag. And then I have, of course, my waterfowl bag, and I kind of do the same thing, just a way to be organized so that if you get to go, you can just grab it and go. Let me ask you about cleaning the shotguns. There's um, Sometimes people have different views, and I'll tell you how we've done it and and see if that's the way you recommend it. But a lot of times I'll pull a trigger mechanism, particularly on my pump shotguns, clean those out. And what I usually do is uh, soapy warm water and then almost boiling water to rinse them off and just let them dry. And I don't oil those moving parts. And I know that some guys like to oil, but I just feel like that kind of invites unburned powder and dust and other things to collect in that trigger mechanism. So do you do you do that when you break completely down? Are you are you oiling those kinds of parts? Um, yeah, I, I actually do. I mean, actually what you described, my dad does that. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think anything about it when I was uh, when I was a little kid watching him, um, right. and and now that he does it, it's just it's strange for me. Uh, he shoots <laughs> an over under. I I shoot an over under. So you know I I I break down. I break it down and you know try to get in there and all the nooks and crannies and uh, just try to get out you know all that grit and grime out of there. I. I use Sage and Breaker. Uh, okay. Um, right. If people are are interested in that, you know, uh, Fred Bone, the owner, he, they've been around for about ten years, and I, I'll tell you, I am a believer. And the reason I, one of the biggest reasons is his COP, it's non-oil based, so gotcha. it, it does not collect dust, other things that are built around in the air. It, it works really good. It protects. It oils. It, it, it does everything, and it just it works for me. And I uh, I'll, I will never switch back to what I was using before. Not that those other products weren't good. It's just I found for me personally. Right. Sage Breaker just it just tends to work, and uh, I I don't get all that. Uh, my my guns seem to be cleaner even when I'm shooting as opposed to using an oil base cleaner yeah and i think that's uh probably the deal you know i'm a little old-fashioned with a lot of things one of the reasons we never did that is because you know you put regular gun oil in there and you are inviting that kind of stuff but there's so many good new products on the market now and that's kind of why i asked you to see what you do because i think there are different ways to go about it but the the key is have your all your shooting mechanisms uh, if you're shooting an over and under the brake and your trigger mechanisms and all that stuff be lubricated but not collecting dust. I think that's kind of right. The key. Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I just I just do a really good cleaning, and I mm-hmm. you know I just put enough just on there to 
to protect it. The good thing about what I use is it's good for metal and wood. So, you know, at the same time, I'm checking my gun, all my guns that I use in the field to make sure that they're, uh, that they're working. And, you know, if not, if, if there is a need that I got to take it to a gunsmith, I'll, I'll do that. But, uh, sure. uh, but yeah, you make some excellent points on, um, on cleaning shotguns. It's just, uh, one of those things we hear, you know, how it is. You always hear, Everybody does things a little bit differently, but um, I thought it'd be worthwhile for folks just to hear kind of what we what we think about and what we do because uh, the key is just keep them clean and lubricated and such that they don't really collect that dust and grime during the, the long season. When you're pre- kind of preparing for next season, the things you're thinking about, one of the things I started doing, which I think is really fun with my cousin, I, I'll go over and visit him in the Spokane area, is shoot sporting clays. It seems like a great way to kind of keep tuned up shooting just plain old trap is great but sporting clays are are pretty cool it kind of gives you more of a real upland feeling yeah uh yeah you do some of that i i do i haven't i have found myself more this past the past two years participating in sporting clays i before i was just busy Mm -hmm. i mean i shot a lot uh anyway because of work because i had to but obviously you know shotgunning yeah, this this last year or two, the, the guys that I uh, that I hunt with, my my best friends, we we go, uh, we try to go, you know, a couple times a month. Uh, and and it, it also helps that my uh, the PF and QF chapter we put on several shoots throughout the year, so I always try try to find time to to squeeze in there on one of the times that I can go and shoot, and we'll, I'll put together a team. And we'll we'll go do that. But yeah, it's an excellent way to keep your shooting skills intact and sharp. And if you can do it from now until the next uh, upcoming season, you know you won't be missing a whole lot of birds. Even though sometimes it doesn't help me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you what. Wait until I get you out here shooting some chuckers in the northwest. You're gonna think, what the heck is this guy? What are these crazy <laughs> birds? So anyway, we'll get her. We'll keep ourselves tuned up by going out and breaking a few clay birds. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Nothing like having them jump out at your feet on a steep slope, going Mach 90 above the sagebrush, down and away, and hard to your right. <laughs> just, oh yeah, you I'm, shoot over and behind, and you'll just laugh. <laughs> I, I'm sure. It, you know what I, I find fascinating that. I've been very fortunate and very blessed to been able to travel and, and meet new people such as yourself, uh, people that I've connected over social media and, you know, everywhere I go, whether it's Arizona for desert quail, you know, Gamble Scale or Merns or, or Minnesota with my buddy Brian chasing rough grouse or Montana for shark tails, everywhere we go, the locals always tend to focus on their their own state bird saying that they you know that bird is the fastest most elusive and and uh it's so yeah i'm I'm excited about going up into the upper uh northwest of the of the country and you know see what these chuckers these these red-legged devils are about devil birds yeah (laughs) and, and, and see if they are really you know as diabolical and and sneaky as uh, as our Kansas roosters are. Oh, I can't wait to show you that because I used to hunt pheasants in Vale, Oregon area when I was a kid growing up, and then we'd hunt chuckers in the the Hawaii country in southeast Oregon. I can tell you right now that <laughs> pheasants, nah, 
not even close. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. What they say is uh, you hunt chuckers the first time for pleasure, and then after that, it's for revenge. Yep. So, yeah. so there you go. <laughs> so we'll look forward to that. Well, we've been chatting for quite a while, so I think I'll let you go. I certainly appreciate your time, Edgar, and I can't wait till we get together this fall. No, no, I, I'm, I'm excited. Like I said, I, I really have valued our, our friendship and our connection and glad that we're able to, to touch base throughout the year talking about writing and, 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 uh, uh passing off uh, ideas and, and just keeping in touch. And, uh, no, I'm, I'm excited about, uh, coming up and, and spending a couple of days with you and showing me around, uh, your place you know, after, uh, some birds and, and it, if a couple of them end up in my bird bath, that's great. If not, I'm okay with that, too. That just means I'll have to come back. So That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, you take care, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. It's springtime, and that means we need to get out on the Columbia River and start catching those big walleye. And what better tool to use than our brand new, the Northwest Outdoorsman SJ682 spinning jigging rod. Tell us, Bobby, how'd you design that thing? It was designed to be able to fish up to half, three-quarter ounce type jigs. The rod is an 8 to 17 pounder. You've got a light tip for sensitivity, feel, and then it loads up into the back section for moving fish. Whether you're walleye fishing, whether you're fishing for throwing jigs for trout, whether you're throwing jigs for salmon fishing. The Northwest Outdoorsman SJ682 at HarrodOutdoors.com. Use the coupon code SHOWS, that's S-H-O-W-S, for a 10% discount. That was Edgar Castillo, and you can follow him on Instagram at Hunt underscore Birds with a Z. That was a cool conversation. Yeah, I always like talking to Edgar. We probably visit, you know, once every other week or so, talk about what's going on and what he's been up to. I can't wait for him to come out here and, and go bird hunting. Yeah, he hadn't hunt chuckers yet. He's not killed a chucker. We, we got to get him out here hunting or, uh, <laughs> uh, California quail, and so we're going to do that. We can hunt quail in the backyard. Well, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. That's what I told him. I said, really? But they hunt bobwhite, you know. I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah. And he's been down to the southwest and hunt gambles and a few other sure. quail species down there. But he's never been all the way out here, and he's he's gonna love it. I I can't wait to get him out here. It's gonna be a really good show. Yeah. Also, we'll our plan is to start having fly into Boise, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll meet up with my buddy Kent, and we'll hunt down in that part of the world for oh, chuckers. And, and I will be there, by the way. And Bobby's going. Bob, yeah. I guess Bobby's going. Yes, there. I am going. He'll bring his he'll bring his turkey call down. Yeah. Oh boy, here we go. He doesn't have the foreplay turkey call though, so obviously he can't make ha. a good. That's loud. That is loud. That's good though. We'll get you not a, as a real as, turkey not call. Not as good as, as the foreplay. What is it? Because it's Tom's what every like. Tom wants. <laughs> what every Tom wants. <laughs> It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant, Mark. It is brilliant. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like we're going to we're gonna get him all set up with the, a, a proper box call. Every Tom wants. Yes. So what's on the agenda? What have we got going up soon? We've got walleye on Roosevelt also, yep. as well as fishing down in Rufus, as well as fishing the rest of the Columbia River going. There's a lot of stuff coming up, and it's just a matter of <laughs> we're, we're, we're done with shows for a few weeks. Well, you anyway. guys are. Yeah. <laughs> 
I still got a couple more. Yeah, I know. Well, we've got we've got one more coming up, but you know, we we've got to get out and do some fishing. And yeah. so it, once we get the shows under our belt, it'll get better. Oh yeah, yeah. All this stinking snow needs to go away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Tired we've got we've got our uh, Anderson Ranch coming up. Oh we've yeah, got, we've got all sorts of stuff. I'm going to Alaska. Richie's going to Alaska. Yeah, <laughs> we did a make a wish for Richie too. Yeah, <laughs> make a wish. <laughs> oh my God, here we go. Yeah, yeah Anderson Lodge, Alaska. Yeah, and is that just a pleasure trip? You and Vicky are going up to go. Just... Well, it's it's very much that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I will be taking the camera. Yeah, that I'm going to be filming for different reasons. But yes, it's a pleasure hold trip. Hold it, hold it, hold it. So that, what? So what are you gonna up... What are you gonna do up there, Rich? Well, we're going to be fishing for anything that swims, basically. So Gary Anderson, who owns the lodge there, starts his uh, trips out of the lodge for mm-hmm. customers right after the first, I think by June 15th. And so we're, we're going to fish, pre-fish, helping pre-fish, locate halibut. We'll do some salmon fishing. Whereabouts crabbing, are Crabbing, shrimping. Where, whereabouts are Rockfish. You? We're going to be on uh, Thor- in Thorn Bay on Prince of Wales Island. Oh, you're on Prince of Wales. Okay. Yeah. Good. So can't wait. He said there's a there's kind of a big loop that he wants to take that he hasn't done for a while that he's got some customers that he wants to go so we're going to take this big loop and fish for multiple species also look for moose because he does hunting trips out of there as well mm-hmm. not he, that time of year let me know no if but we're any. just yeah you're just scouting scouting yeah some yeah. spots sure let me know if you need any fly fishing intel <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we'll be doing any fly fishing can, uh... we will be fishing our salmon rod yeah so i'm excited about that put it to the test in the salt in alaska absolutely no, you where you know where you're at. You're going to be fishing a lot of bottom fish, you know, all of that type yeah. of stuff early in the season. That that area back in through Ketchikan, uh, through mm-hmm. that whole area. Yeah, you know, it just depends on the time of year on when the salmon hit when they start getting in there. Right. So it's just one of those things that that you you've got a tremendous tremendous bottom fish fishery mm-hmm. back yeah. there. So that that'll be a lot of fun. My goal is to get Vicky on a big halibut let sure sure struggle with that over the rail <laughs> but uh, anyway it's going to be a lot of fun yeah it's it's uh, finally just a little getaway trip sure not that'll too, be fun not too much work just you're, bail, you're bailing on our retreat yeah i'm sorry i'm bailing on your retreat but we're what gonna, are you guys doing we're gonna go to anderson ranch it's yep. gonna be full and should be really good fishing we so, went two so years where's ago. that at Where's Anderson Ranch? Down south. Over in north central Idaho, oh, or, or mid, more mid yeah. central Idaho. Yeah. So, and the uh, kokanee fishery should be, should be really good this year. Yeah. Well, um, it's almost really like southern Idaho guys, but anyway. I was trying to say south. You said yeah. north. Immediately. I know he's confused. He had too much wood family spirits. <laughs> the wood family spirits. Columbia have been hundred proof. No, it's actually right central. It's only it's only just a little ways up from uh, from uh, Mountain Home. Mountain yeah. Home, so it's pretty southern. It's really Mountain cool. Home. It's really cool driving into there. Yeah, kind of reminds you of like driving down into uh, like Keller, that type of. Oh, it is. It's yeah. beautiful yeah. country like that. that. Way. Yeah, but yeah, excited to do that. But that's way down the road. We'll do a bunch of fishing in between there. Yeah, and, we we uh, probably have more full reports to give on these things in a yep. uh, later podcast. Yeah, hopefully we're getting some fish and be able to have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it'd, we, be ni- it'd be nice to go fishing. I mean, we are outdoorsmen, but yeah. we're not outdoor much. No, no, more like we are in the sides. Oh, that's right. I shoveled the four inches of snow this morning again. (laughs) Jeez. Maybe this time of year we should just say we are insidesmen. (laughs) Insidesmen. I like that. 
We are whiskey men. Yeah, well. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. we're going to wrap this up. Uh, until next week, we will talk to you later.